0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Steve Hutto Podcast. I am Steve Hutto and I want to thank you for stopping by and taking a listen to The Cost of Following Jesus, part number two. Before I get into that I want to say that of course we are Harvest Celebration Ministries founded several years ago in order to reach the nations of uh, India and uh, into Central America to Honduras and Guatemala. We've even been to the Dominican Republic to share the love of Jesus and to take the Word of God to encourage uh, people that are believers in Christ and to share the love of Jesus with people that are not yet believers in Jesus Christ. And what we have coming up next. I am so excited about it. December the 9th through the 16th is our Christmas Outreach to Honduras. We're going back to Honduras. Uh, we go there quite regularly. We work with some incredible people down there. And we're going to be ministering to some children and also to uh, to some adults, some pastors and their wives and staff members. We want to do something special, have a Christmas banquet for them. And we also want to do something special, as I said, for the children. Uh, we have children sponsored through Harvest Celebration Ministries. We have more children that need to be sponsored. and um, But we go down there and we're going to have have uh, an outreach into a a village we work in every time we go down there, and we're going to get all the kids in the village together, and we're going to do something very special. We're going to share about Jesus, you know, being the Savior, being born, and coming into the world, and uh, present some special gifts to these children. So keep us in your prayers. For more information, you can go to www.harvsell.com. We are also on Twitter at uh, HarvsellMen.com. Well, let me just give you the whole thing. It's at H-A-R-V-C-E-L-M-I-N. And, of course, we're on Facebook as Harvest Celebration Ministry. So check us out. Now, the cost of following Jesus, part number two. If you haven't listened to part number one, I encourage you to do that because there um, is uh, some things that I covered there in more detail, of course, than I can cover now. I'll just give a brief review, and then we'll move on. But the cost of following Jesus... You know, the question is, can people understand or should people understand the cost of following Jesus before they pray the sinner's prayer? And should we as believers... Should we attempt to share the cost of following Jesus as we share Jesus with people? And I'm saying that because most of the time we just focus on the point at which we leave this life by saying something like, do you know where you would go when you leave this life? Or if you died tonight or next week or next year, do you know where you'd spend eternity? You know, we do that and that's a very important question and something that should be settled but we don't want to leave people to Jesus, and then they walk away thinking that they have eternal salvation, they've settled their eternal destiny, and that uh, they can live any way, the, any way they want to until they die. But I think, I believe, that what that does is it produces very carnal, you know, worldly Christians, uh, and it also produces people who think they're Christians, but they're not actually saved. So the question again, should people understand the cost? Should we make it known to them and not be afraid to run them off? Because if a person doesn't genuinely accept Jesus, you know, they may pray the sinner's prayer, but they're not saved. They're still not going to go to heaven. We need to make sure, like Jesus did with the rich young ruler, what the cost is and that they understand that. And we talked about the rich young ruler from Mark chapter 10. And I'll read the passage, Mark 10, 17 through 20. As he, Jesus, was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt down before him and asked him, Teacher, what shall I... Or he said, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't defraud, and do honor your father and mother. He gave him some key commandments, meaning you need to understand the law. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept these things from my youth up. And Jesus said, when it goes on in verse 21, Looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him and said to him, One thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Verse 22, But at these words he was saddened and he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. You know, the interesting thing is that Jesus felt a love for this man, and I believe he felt a love for this man because his situation illustrated the point at which all of mankind was at that time. He kept the law according to what he said, and the law brought him to Christ. He was at the point where he was going to cross over from the old covenant to the new covenant, from law to grace. And again in Galatians 3:24, the apostle Paul says, therefore the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. You see Jesus felt a love for this man because the law had brought him to Jesus, just like the law brought all mankind to Jesus by bringing our sins to the top and confirming the truth and the fact that we needed a Savior. And that's the very reason that Jesus came to the earth, because the law of Moses had brought man to the point of needing a Savior, or at least where we could realize that we needed a Savior and we could be saved by the grace and mercy of God simply by believing in Him. And this man only needed to take one more step. Jesus said, you lack only one thing, just one more thing. And he said, that is to follow me. You see, he had kept the law. Now he had to follow Jesus to inherit eternal life. And Jesus said, the way you need to follow me, or you need to do something first before you can follow me. You need to give away or sell, excuse me, sell all you possess and give the money to the poor. You see this man had many possessions and those possessions possessed him. Jesus said, "Sell everything and don't put it in a in a in a bank somewhere and use the money to live on as you hit the road and follow me." God may speak that to some people, but that's not what he's saying to the, to the rich young ruler here. He's saying, sell everything and just give the money, give the proceeds away, and the result is you will have treasure in heaven. And so, Jesus said, when you do that, then you can follow me. In other words, here's what he was saying, and this is what we need to understand for ourselves and those we witness to or share Jesus with. In order to follow Jesus, let me back up, in order to inherit eternal life or to be saved, we have to follow Jesus. And in order to follow Jesus, We have to sell out to Him. We don't necessarily have to sell all of our possessions and give them away and then follow Jesus or give the money away and follow Jesus. But what we do have to do is give everything over to Him. Release everything to Him. Release our ownership or what we think is our ownership because you know it really belongs to Him anyway. But we need to come to the point of releasing everything to Jesus, trusting Him, Here's another way to put it, we need to entrust our entire, our entire lives to Jesus and that includes us, everything about us, everything we own, we need to entrust it all to Him. We need to surrender our lives to Jesus and my friend, I'm going to tell you right now, it's more than praying a simple 10 to 15 second sinner's prayer and then saying, oh, I have eternal life, and you go out and live any way you want to. No, no, no. You have to follow Jesus. Now, I covered that pretty extensively in both of my teachings. But Jesus said, if you give away everything, sell it, give it away, you're going to have treasure in heaven. Well, what is that treasure? That treasure is the inheritance that Jesus has. You see, moths can't eat it up. Rust can't destroy it and thieves can't break in and steal it. Ephesians 1.11 says, "...so we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will." In other words, we have an inheritance through Jesus and in Jesus and by Jesus because once we become saved and we give our lives over to Jesus, we become joint heirs with Him, the Scripture says. Now listen to this. A lot of people think their inheritance is only for the day they get to heaven. But as we continue in Mark chapter 10, look at verse 28. Peter began to say to him, he he started talking to Jesus, Behold, we've left everything, and we've followed you. Did you catch that? Behold, we've left everything and followed you can you see the correlation between that and the rich young ruler and the fact and the truth that you and me are you and I let's get it correct we must sell out to Jesus and follow him that's how we inherit eternal life and you know what my friend that's how the world is changed because our lives become changed and our lives become effective for Jesus Christ But Jesus answered Peter, and he said, Truly I say to you, now listen carefully to this. There is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or fathers or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age. I'm going to say that again a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. How incredibly powerful is that? So everything this man would need in following Jesus, even though he had given up all, Everything he would need in following Jesus on the earth would be supernaturally provided for him. And that's the way God wants you and me to live. And then he said, come and follow me. So in order for this very rich man to follow Jesus, he would have to sell out to Jesus. In order for you to follow Jesus and me too, we, we both have to sell out to Jesus. Now, this rich young ruler was saddened, listen carefully, because the cost of following Jesus was simply too much for him. He didn't want to pay the price. He desired somewhat to inherit eternal life, but he didn't want to pay the price. So he went away grieving. And from the original language, that simply means he went away distressed. And he went away in heaviness, you know, Jesus did talk about this man's eternal destiny, but listen carefully. He also related to him the cost of following and serving Jesus in this life. Now, let me talk quickly about three components of inheriting eternal life. You know, in Mark eight thirty-four it says that Jesus summoned the crowd with his disciples and he said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me... He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, I used to say, now, why would Jesus kind of tag this with follow me and start it with come after me? But after studying this and just pondering this and praying about it, I can see that when Jesus says, if anyone who wishes to come after me or if they wish to come after me, then he must do something. And the word, the words, come after, simply mean, if anyone wishes to come behind me, if they wish to come to the back of me, or if they wish to come after me in reference to time. In other words, if anyone wishes to do what I did when I was here, even though I'm going back to the Father, if anyone wishes to live like I did, to talk like I did, and to act like I did, and to go about healing and and doing good and destroying the works of the devil like I did, then you have to do these three things. That's what it means to come after Jesus. You can't come after Jesus unless you're following Jesus. So there are two different things, and they're, they're put on each end of this scripture here. But he says, "...if anyone wishes to come after me..." then there's three things you have to do. Three components of inheriting eternal life. Number one, you must deny yourself. You must deny yourself. Now that doesn't mean that that you have to um, sit out in the public with ashes on your head all the time and 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 dirt on your head and and in sackcloth and ashes and let people come by and spit on you and say bad things to you and walk on you and you know you not do anything to protect yourself or take care of yourself or you know he's not saying that he's not saying that you you have to uh, deny yourself the rights of your nation or deny yourself the necessities of life even though we do fast and we pray and stuff. But I'm talking about he's not saying that. He's saying you need to sell out to me and follow me. You need to give up what is yours by rolling it over to me and entrusting your life and everything about you, your family and your things to me. That's denying yourself. That's salvation. That's meeting Jesus, my friend. I'm kind of passionate about this and it makes me very excited when I teach on this. So you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're willing to to deny yourself, So you don't want to be a carnal Christian or, or one who thinks they're saved and they're not and they think they're going to heaven and they go around living like the world, talking like the world and you can't really tell the difference between the world and them even though they show up at church every now and then or at church they, they do the church thing but out in the world they do the out in the world thing. You see, you have to deny yourself. You have to enter the kingdom of God by denying yourselves or you can't enter the kingdom of God. So number one, you must deny yourself. Number two, you must take up your cross. Well, what in the world is that? Why would I have to take up a cross if Jesus has already died on the cross for me? Well he's done the work of the cross he's atoned for our sins he's made grace available and salvation for us but my part is once my spirit receives the grace and becomes a new creature in Christ Christ i begin to crucify my flesh to put the de- to put to death my flesh because If I'm going to follow Jesus, I can no longer walk according to the flesh. So the flesh has to die by renewing our minds with the Word of God and walking according to the world. uh, Excuse me, walking according to the Word and not according to the world. So number one, you have to deny yourself to inherit eternal life. Number two, you have to take up your cross. And this is the part of following Jesus uh, in the earth or, or coming behind Him and doing what he, he did. But to take up your cross. Listen to what Paul said in Romans 6.6. 6. He said, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. You see, you don't want to be a slave to sin and say you're a Christian or think you're a Christian and be a Christian because Christians have victory over sin through the blood of Jesus Christ and they gain that victory by following Him in this life, doing what He said, doing what He did, being obedient to His Word and His Spirit that we have. Paul also said in Colossians 3, 5, Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. Those are things of the flesh. That's walking by the flesh. So, number one, we have to deny ourselves to inherit uh, eternal life. Number two, we have to take up our cross. And number three, got to follow Jesus. I've already covered all this. <laughs> so, in order to come after Jesus in order to come behind him in reference to time you know we're coming behind Jesus now 2000 years later but we still have the same spirit that was upon Jesus we still have the same authority that Jesus had because we are followers of Jesus and a follower does just like his master a follower does just like his leader so we still 2,000 years later, we come after Jesus and we, like Him, could go about doing good, healing all of those who were oppressed by the devil and destroying the devil's works. Man, how can a person come after Jesus without following Jesus? It's impossible. Now, let me close or begin to close by asking this question, then, what is the cost of following Jesus? Well, we've talked about that, but here's, here it is put a different way in Mark chapter 8. Very similar, but a little bit different uh, angle on this. Okay, in Mark eight thirty-five, Jesus said, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gang the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. Now, for a lack of time... I want to to talk about two questions in this passage that I just read. Here's one of them. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? And the other question is, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So the answer to these questions, the answers to these two questions are diametrically opposed to one another. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Here's the answer. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You can gain riches. You can acquire stuff. You can gain fame and fortune. And when you live in this little vapor of time on the earth compared to eternity, uh, let me tell you something. You You can have everything and you will lose everything because eternity goes on and on and on. What you do in this life determines how you spend eternity. You can choose to save your own life by not following after Jesus and doing everything on your own, but the answer to the question is, you could gain the whole world and forfeit your soul, and uh, the answer to that question was nothing. You gain nothing. The second question, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? quite different everything what will you give in exchange for your soul everything what did jesus require the rich young ruler to give in exchange for his soul for inheriting eternal life everything but the rich young ruler could not the price. He could pay the price. We all can pay the price. But the question is, will we pay the price? Do we want to pay the price? Jesus gives us the choice to not pay the price or to pay the price. We have the choice. We cannot pay the price and try to do everything on our own and accumulate everything we can. But when we leave this life, my friend, ain't nothing going to go with you. Or we can choose to sell everything out to Jesus and follow him and let him bless and let him supply supernaturally as we go about doing the works of Jesus on this earth. And then when we leave this life, we, we have not forfeited our soul, but we have gained a soul that we will spend in glorious eternity with Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever So that is the cost of serving Jesus. Everything. The cost of following Jesus is everything. Let me encourage you, my precious friend. Sell out to Jesus today. I'm talking to some Christian people right now. People that think they're Christians and they're not really Christians. But other people that are Christians, but you've been very worldly. You've been reluctant to surrender your whole life over to Him. This very moment has been ordained before the foundations of the world as you listen to this for you, for God to give you the opportunity to sell out to Jesus. I can promise you everything will not be hunky-dory. It won't be all peaches and cream, but it will be glorious. You will see the glory of God manifested in your life as you sell out to Him and you deny yourself, you take up your cross, you crucify that flesh, and you follow Him day in and day out. And the last thing I want to say is that with the way things are in the world today, how Desperately, we need people who are Christians to sell out to Jesus, to stand up, to follow Him in these last days, to live by His principles. You know, not to go around obnoxiously opposing everybody, but just to live for Jesus. The world itself, my friend, will oppose you. It'll, it, You'll have opportunity to be opposed from the world. You don't have to go out there looking for it. You just live for Jesus out loud, and you do things, and I promise you, you're going to get some opposition. But let me tell you, The the glory compared, the supernatural provision compared to the opposition is is incredibly wonderful. It makes the opposition look like nothing. Listen, you know this, but you need to hear this. Your God is bigger than anything and everything the world could throw at you. And that's all I'm going to say. This is Steve Hutto saying thanks for tuning in or stopping by or logging on to the Steve Hutto Podcast. God bless you.